We're still not great at that. No, it's no. we're very off, and I'm 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 skipping biddly dee dee and you're and you're just like I just do what I want. Yeah, I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to the review podcast where we review movies. Double entendre there. Yeah, we've Double seen meaning. them before, and then we watch them again, and then we review them. So we review the review. My name is Anthony, and I'm sitting here with my co-host. Bree! It's Bree. Hi, Bree. How are Hi. you today? It's been a little while since we've actually like sat down ah. in the studio and uh, <laughs> uh, recorded a little bit. So how are you doing? Um, You know, I've been better. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's been one of those uh, few weeks. So when we... The last episode that we dropped was Jurassic Park 2. However... I was like the last one we. That was re-recorded. the la- well. That was the last one we recorded, but it's been I don't know what like three weeks, three four ish weeks since we've, um, since we've really recorded and. Call me out right there. <laughs> no, it's not you. It's it's our schedules. We were just coming off of Christmas break and getting back into the classrooms and everything, and then we got hit with a a winter storm and. Uh, we had some extracurriculars that we had to do, so we there, we we've been busy. To say the least. Yeah. And it's just, we don't get time at all, like, ever to just, like, sit down and relax. No. I mean, we've been seeing movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, How are we going to review movies if we don't see them the first time? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what have we seen in the theaters recently? We saw Jackass the other day. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, and wild, that movie did not get an NC-17 rating. The MPAA uh, must really love those guys. Cause oh, yeah. I've seen too much. There's too much. Well, I mean, I'm comfortable. You know, I'm comfortable. I just watch movies to watch movies. But Brie was at certain points sitting in that movie like visibly like uncomfortable but like still enjoying your experience well that's because even though i am very liberally minded i very like things of the sexual nature make me uncomfortable they've always they always have right like i don't like to talk about it i don't like to watch it and there's there's just like one dude in the movie chris pontius is just like he never puts it away yeah he's the peepee guy yeah (laughs) that's all he does it's literally all he does that's his whole shtick this whole shtick, Brie. Party boy. That's his. That's the only thing he does. What else did we see? We saw Scream 5 that since we last recorded. We'll get into the Scream yeah. movies. Kaido on sticks. Kaido is here. You may have heard him just bark right now. He is... He uh, want his ball. He's up our butts. <laughs> he's really up our butts uh, today. And we've been trying to, you know, tire him out and make sure that he's... Uh, chill for our recording of the podcast. And... He is not. No. So <laughs> he's just going to be... I hope you enjoy the, the light sounds of a ball hitting the floor every five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, great. So, you know, we're doing good and we're uh, ready to continue on and talk about our Halloween franchise because, boy, it's been a, it's been a while since... After Halloween 6, Brie, we had to we had to take a break. We had to pump out some Jurassic Park, which our Jurassic Park stuff is still up because... You know, we just didn't change it. We just didn't change it. Yeah. But look how cute all the dinosaurs are. So yeah. like they can stay. Yeah. So I mean, at Halloween six, um, I don't like to poop on movies because I, I was just talking about this the other day, where you know, 
we there's there's podcasts out there that are very popular that we listen to that it's like oh it's funny when they make fun of movies but we both enjoy movies and are passionate about them so much that it's like i don't want to poo-poo on movies as like i'll i'll critique a movie but i'm not gonna make fun of a movie but is halloween six something that you should watch uh, I would say give it a watch for the shits and gigs, you know. But would you give it a review? <laughs> would I give it a review? Oh, no. I gave that one an old brother. <laughs> I, give, I give this one a aww. <laughs> okay. So here we are, Bree. Here we are talking about the next film in our franchise. I know I've been hitting this table so much that... That's my job. Um, man, things look like they're about to fall off this freaking table. I'll tell you what. I'll tell um, you what. So we are moving on to the next film in our Halloween franchise, which is Halloween H2O, directed by Steve Miner, written by Robert Sapia, and if I pronounce that name correctly, Robert Sapia, and uh, an uncredited script <laughs> writing by um, Kevin Williamson, the Scream guy. He's the guy that wrote Scream. He wrote Dawson's Creek as well. Uh, Vampire Diaries. Kevin Williamson is attached to that as well. And Brie loves her some Vampire Diaries. See, I have a complicated relationship with Vampire Diaries because I was reading the books and they're so different than the show. Because the show, because it's just like Game of Thrones. You can't do exactly what is in the books because, like, why were watch the books, it? Were the books and Vampire Diaries moving like Game of Thrones where like, they were still being written while yes. the movie or the TV show was being filmed? Mm -hmm interesting are you okay you hit your head kaido hit his head Aww. um he's a good boy it, and they changed what bothered me right off the bat because i started watching it with my mom because i do everything vampire the vampire diaries. okay yeah um because we watched everything vampire together like true blood which <laughs> true blood with your mom with my mom and my dad oh, <laughs> what an awkward give show that one awkward <laughs> um but yeah, so like I would watch vampire stuff with my mom all the time. So yeah, they changed the name of the town. It the in the it's like Mystic Falls in the show, but in the book it's called Fells Church. What a weird name change! Why did they do that? I don't know. I I've tried to figure out why they would change it. <clears throat> I just don't know. Sure. Um. Anyway, um. Kevin Williamson did a script treatment for this movie. He didn't write the script, but he did like a little story treatment. And by the time the movie actually got made, it was so far removed from what Kevin Williamson had uh, come up with initially that they, uh, the Writers Guild of America, did not give him writing credit on this. However, he still came on as you know an advisor, uh, a supervisor, and. Uh, molded this movie to be what it is mm -hmm. which is really why it has such heavy vibes of scream is because like they got the scream guy <laughs> this is he's the scream guy. you could have got like so Wes craven like is the scream guy but kevin williamson like brie is the scream guy he is scream he's the scream so <laughs> you just scream he's the scream so the movie is like halloween h2o is very 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 much in the mold of scream because well we're in 1998 scream is a wild success at this point and now we want to make movies that are similar to scream because scream made a lot of money right so what do you do you get the guy who wrote scream to come on board on this movie the movie where who comes back brie 
pause. Dramatic <laughs> pause. Dramatic pause. Michael is back again. <laughs> no, not Michael. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. <laughs> <laughs> you did not know what I was going for at all. No! I did not read your mind. <laughs> Who's back? Michael. Michael. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Michael's back. Michael is back again. <laughs> Up to no good. So Jamie Lee Curtis is back in this one, and she wanted to come back. Um... She tried to get John Carpenter and Deborah Hill back, but rumor has it that Carpenter asked for like an outrageous demand. What did you? He asked for ten million dollars starting for directing H two O, and he wanted a contract for three movies. So H two O plus two more, a guaranteed ten million each uh, movie. I mean, which... if you really don't want to do something. The best way to do that That's is, what I was thinking. is to get like an out insane amount of money. Yeah, because there. it's either they tell you no and you don't have to do it, or they give you everything you want and yep. then you do it. So nothing to lose. Right. Nothing to lose. So even though Carpenter and Hill did not come back, um, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to come back because you know we we talked about this yesterday. Jamie Lee's history is very ups and downs, <laughs> right? So Jamie Lee Curtis comes in in Halloween 1. She's not a very known actress, but her family is very known. And she really, really, really did not want to be typecast in horror movies because she noticed her mom, Janet Lee, who starred in Psycho. Janet Lee, after Psycho, wasn't getting work because everybody wanted to typecast her and she didn't want to be typecast. So she didn't want to end up like Janet Lee, and thus she ended up like Janet Lee in a way where like mother like daughter. Yeah. So she to get work gets typecast in horror movies. She becomes the scream queen. Then she says after Halloween two, I'm not doing horror movies anymore. And she shifts her focus and she shifts the narrative to being a more dramatic or comedic actress. Right. Um, Loves her in Freaky Friday. Love Freaky Friday. <laughs> but the 20 year anniversary of Halloween is coming up. And Jamie Lee says, you know, maybe it's time to put this thing to bed. We need to give Laurie Strode closure, and the character deserves that. The fans deserve a good Halloween sequel. Let's come back. So before they start writing Halloween H2O, they're in the middle of writing a separate Halloween movie um, called Halloween The Two Faces of Evil, which I'm going to hold off talking about because... The first face, mine. The second face, Meekles. Yes. Uh, I'm going to hold off talking about that one in particular because we're going to do a whole episode at the end of the Halloween franchise about all of the unmade Halloween movies. And uh, that's, that's a, a good one. And I want to talk about that one at a greater length. But um, Robert Zappia, the, act, or the uh, writer... Or Two Faces of Evil was told halfway through writing the script, Jamie Lee's coming back, we need to rework this movie to be, you know, a Jamie Lee Curtis-led movie. So he and Kevin Williamson, they kind of reform everything, and we get what we get in Halloween H2O. So Brie, my yes. question to you, what scares you? What really terrifies me down to, like, my, like, my soul... It's anti-maskers. Dude, 
dude this that's so that's that's very, a little it's non, too real it's too real for me um to the <clears throat> in the illinois if you're following like the courts ruled that school districts can't do um like mass Tell, we're recording this in the beginning of February. Things could change by the time this comes out. Oh, yeah. It could always change. But um, we live in a... I'm going to say a very white neighborhood. <laughs> no, that's accurate. Um, yeah. So a lot of people uh, feel like they matter more than everybody else. Which is, I think is a typical um, side effect of whiteness. Sure. Um, so they're mad because kids went to school today without wearing masks and they were sent to the gym and they didn't get to do they school. They didn't get to school. <laughs> yeah. And I said, play stupid games, win stupid prizes because the superintendent emailed everybody on Sunday night saying we are still requiring students to wear masks. Mm -hmm. So you want to play the stupid game, you win the stupid prize. And I don't think those kids minded. A day of um, no school. The, uh, that's a very real fear, anti-maskers. Like, that's the fear of dying, right? Like, that's the fear of getting sick. So it reminds me of the Nathan For You episode where Nathan is in charge of running a haunted house. And he's like, what makes people really scared? It's like fear of something real. So they plan this whole haunted house and... In the haunted house, one actor accidentally like touches one of the people in the haunted house, and Nathan and his crew make this big deal about how she's got like a disease and she might have infected the person in the haunted house, and so they quarantine them. They make them feel like they're in like a biohazard thing, and then they're like rushing this woman out of the biohazard area, like making her believe she's gonna die and that she's sick, and then it's like end of the haunted house <laughs> it's uh, like well you made it to the end what did you think <laughs> i'm so mad but i, I guess scared? i guess it, it is a fear of dying like i am still young i've already had it i don't want to get it again um i don't want anyone else to go through what i went through like i'm experiencing like long covid side effects of still not having taste and smell all back mm -hmm. i have phantom smells smell all, poop all the time yeah all the time and i lost like a significant amount of hair and i continue to lose hair yeah not great no so i don't want other people to go through that and you know if that means never seeing a kid's face all year i get to see if i can if i want to see a kid's face i'm going to go to lunch because they get to take their mask off at lunch like I can wait half mm -hmm. the day to to go see a kid at lunchtime because I I I do lunch duty I I'm that one teacher who you know you see at recess and lunch and all that stuff because I it's like I got nothing going for me I but I might as well do everything sure <laughs> um very real fear very real fear second question I have for you Bree uh do you have a breeze treat for us breeze treat in honor of the later in the film. When they steal like all the cafeterias <laughs> week worth of food, it's a it's gonna be um, a little like a bento box meal. So get your bentos out. What you're gonna do is on your bottom bento, we gonna we gonna have some rice, right? We put some a salmon on top of the rice with some 
with some soy sauce, sriracha, and kewpie mayo. Delicious. Second part of the bento box. We're gonna have our veggie. So get you some, I mean, I really like broccoli and carrots. Um, if you wanna have, so raw broccoli, broccoli and carrots with some ranch. And then the top of your bento box, that's where your dessert's gonna be. Get yourself like a couple of cookies. Get you a cookie. And enjoy your- What kind of cookie? Mm, it's a twist and shout. <laughs> a twist and shout? Twist and shout. Like, like a... It's a knockoff Oreo. Oh, the knockoff Oreo. Yeah. I thought it was a Girl Scout <laughs> cookie at first. A twist and shout. Ooh, it is Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah. So if I see one of those scouts out girling, I'm going to ask for some I, We're going to lead to um, some heavy debate here. Uh-huh. Best Girl Scout cookie. Tag along. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's a Thin Mint. <laughs> no, thin mint. it's a Tag Along. Thin Mint. Tag Along. It's because you don't like peanut butter. If you liked peanut butter, Tag Along would be your favorite. Thin Mint. I have. I like Thin Mints, but I think a Tag Along is a better cookie. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> we, we, we spent a lot of bullshitting right there. Um, okay, so we have Halloween H2O, once again directed by Steve Miner, written by Kevin Williamson, Robert Sapia. Um, we open Brie on a knife. Shink! It goes shink! Which, how does it make that noise? I don't know because she literally, oh, like, pulls it up to carve a pumpkin. You'd only make a shink noise if you took the knife out of like a station or you hit the knife on another piece of metal. Ew. Don't know how we make that noise. However, we open on Langdon, Illinois. Odd place to open this movie, right? Didn't you think so? I was like, where's that? Where the hell is Langdon, Illinois? Is it, uh, we assume it's a neighboring town from Haddonfield. I guess. But like, why not just Haddonfield? I don't know. Why did we have to change areas? Who knows? Um, and we open up on a broken light and like a door ajar. Right. But who are we introduced to? We don't know at first. Yeah, we do. Don't, no, don't we? No. Oh, we remember this movie very differently. Shut up. Um, the, at that moment, I would never go into the house. We do. Yes, because we're introduced to Nurse Marion, who... But don't, from don't the first they, two movies. But don't, don't they say that that's Loomis's nurse later in the... Oh, you're under the assumption... It's a different nurse. No, 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 no. No, that's the same character from Halloween 1 and 2. Are you sure? Yes. She looks different. Well, she's older. 20 years older. But... H2O, Brie. 20 years. I, d I disagree. Um, you disagree? <laughs> it's the same care. Why else would she Shush. have Loomis's stuff? Because he, why would a nurse taking care of an old person have his That's stuff? That's not, no, that was the nurse he worked with. You remember he was in the car with her at the, at the beginning of Halloween 1? And then in Halloween 2, she's the one that comes and tells Loomis, or Halloween, yeah, Halloween 2. She's the one that comes and tells Loomis that uh, Michael's Lori's brother. And she's like, the, the marshals are here waiting for you. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. So, broken light, open door. I said, call police. I would have noped out. Oh, yeah. Right she away. nopes the F out of there. Um, she does that twice in this opening scene. So, I mean, we got to talk about this opening scene. It's great. Question mark? I mean, she goes over to the teens. So, wait. Okay. I got to... 
interject here because she nopes the f out of there which i wrote down because that's probably the smartest thing any character's done in a halloween movie thus far is just gotten the f out and she goes across the the uh uh yard to the neighbor's house which is like this teenager right and his friend mm -hmm. um played by joseph gordon levitt and um a guy that looks mysteriously like like a andrew garfield type and joseph gordon levitt is a oh, punk teenager he's like no I'll, I'll take care of you know i saw the teens are pretty nice yeah he's like i'll take care of everything you know my neighbor wants me to take care of i'll go uh, intimidate the person that's breaking and entering i um, said i would be scared but that's just me but like and then the, the so the teenagers call the cops and i'm like why did she need them to call the cops did she just want to be like with other people i don't think they had cell phones well no that's not i know that but why do the kids need to call the cops because she didn't have a phone she had to go to the house where they had a phone she could have used the phone I don't know. What do I look like? A wizard? So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character goes back to Marion's house, and he's got his hockey stick. First of all, we have to preface this by saying, when he enters that house, it is daylight. It's Oh, it's broad daylight. It's, it's broad daylight. It's broad he daylight. That it's house. not dust. And he's in the house for maybe 15 minutes, and he's walking around, and he's like, I hope you already he's like i got suspended because i know how to use my stick and he like whacks the hockey stick on the ground and he like goes to the house a little jumpy um he gets to the the kitchen he steals some brewskis steals some beers and it's like i like beer and then he, he he like he he gets out of the house right um so, well, he also sees Marion's office as trash. Oh, yeah. Marion's I'm not calling her Marion. That's her name. Um, Her office is trash. The nurse, <laughs> her office is trash. Um, So that's unfortunate. That's where all your stuff be. Oh, I wrote down. I actually wrote down his line. He's like, I've been suspended five times for getting crazy with the stick. <laughs> and his voice goes up like that. <laughs> I had to cough after that one. Um, so the office is trash and there's files everywhere. When she, when Jimmy walks outside, it's, it's night. It's nighttime. It's, it's, the, it's the dead of night. And I said, this happened in the first Halloween movie where Lori left to go babysitting in broad daylight, got to the house to babysit. And it was like pitch black outside. I'm like, what time zone is this? I'm like, I live in Illinois and it takes a while. To no, get from, right. from yeah. broad daylight to darkness. Mm hmm So, yeah. suspicious. Right. So, Marion goes back inside the house, and she's, like, trying to calm down, and she notices that the doors are open, right? Is I that what said, she notices? I was, she knew, but she nopes out of there again. I said, I would also yeet myself right out yeah, of that house. Yeah, she leaves again to go to Jimmy's house because I think she notices the doors are open or something. And I, if I remember correctly, we watched this movie last night or last afternoon, and it's been a while since we watched it. We're going just based on what our notes say and what the memory is like. But she goes back to Jimmy's house. She opens the door. Jimmy is oh, 
don't know. Deed. He's deed. He's deed. How does he deed, Bree? Um, skate to the face. Yeah, brutal, right? Ow. Like, took the at like the bottom of the hockey skate and just went <laughs> like right in the face. That's always been a fear of mine going ice skating. <clears throat> and then impaled on my own skate. And then Mar Marion's like ah, she screams and she opens the door and she sees you know the other kid standing there but he's like Ugh, got like a dead look on his face and he just falls forward he's got a knife in his back brie and i'm like oh boy it's like, amazing how michael planted that at the correct time to know that the kid he's would an fall artiste. over he's yeah. an artiste the kid would fall over at the exact your boy, time that he wanted he's back to. your boy he's oh, back knife in hand he looks so okay we got to mention this at first too there are four different masks used in this movie. All hideous. There are four different masks used in this movie. In this scene, in this opening scene, they use a mask that is pretty much identical to the mask used in Halloween 6, which I actually liked that mask. I thought it was probably the scariest one. I think I mentioned that on, on the Halloween 6 episode. I think it's like the scariest one that we've seen so far, aside from the first movie. Um, the second mask they use is like a very slick white mask with open eye hole like the eye holes are too big and the nose is really scrunched up um and then they had to reshoot the movie because they didn't like that mask and they ended up with the mask that they use for the rest of the movie which is like the hair is all wild and it's way too tight on the face so you see michael's eyes a lot and i don't like that at all i gotta tell you breathe i that took me out out of the movie a little bit is we're supposed to just see darkness, right? Like that's the whole thing about Michael is like Loomis goes into this big old speech and they replay the speech in the opening credits. He's like the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. And they focus in on the black eyes in the picture and the, the drawing that they show of Michael. But he doesn't have like black eyes in any portion of the movie. You see his eyes throughout it all. And it's like the actor who plays Michael always bulges his eyes out. So whenever we see Michael, you see the, the bulging eyes. And to me, it just felt like it was a dude cosplaying Michael. Like it didn't feel like Michael Myers. It definitely felt... Like, the mask was too thin and too tight. Mm -hmm. And, like, it wasn't the Shatner mask. I feel... I gotta look this up because I feel like there might there must have been some kind of, like, rights dispute on the William Shatner likeness because they've never gotten the mask right since the first movie. They've never gotten it right. And they've changed it and, and made it look so, like this mutated version of Shatner where it doesn't even really look like how it looked in the beginning. And there's just something special about the first mask. Right. The closest that they've got to recreating it is the new ones, but we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Um, so everyone's dead. Uh, you know, nurse Marion dies. She well, I, I would just like to say, it's like the, he comes out knife in hand. She's dodging him. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's ultra instinct. She's knocking on the police come. She's knocking on the window. They are incompetent. They don't see anything. They're focused just on the one house. And she even not. She even like cre like breaks open the window. But yeah, she she <clears throat> she dies. Direct hit. You know. 
She, uh, you did say direct hit. I read your notes. <laughs> her notes do say direct hit, even um, though she gets her throat slit. Direct hit. Direct hit. Um, and then he steals a car, and the police don't notice. Yeah, that was another thing that I was like, Cause so the police are at the house next door, and they don't notice like this car just like leaving the moment that they all pull up. I would be a little suspicious if I was the police. Also, like, okay... Your houses aren't, like, soundproof. If I... Oh, she was screaming. She was screaming. I'll tell you, when we first got this dang puppy, um, I left because we were trying to create train and, like, train him to be away from us because we, we, we work all day and he would be a, without someone until, like, 11 o'clock when Anthony's mom comes over. So we had to train him to, like, go for a certain amount of time without us. Um, he would cry and whine so loud that I could hear him, like, in our driveway. There's no way these police didn't hear this woman screaming. Right. And I got to imagine that these windows aren't the most, like, soundproof windows. Right. Because she's able to break it pretty easily. Unless, yeah, true. I was like, unless they live by an airport, which then you get the- No, you live in suburban Illinois. You ain't anywhere near an airport. I grew up in a suburban Illinois. Yeah, but we have to assume that this is like Where we suburban live? Illinois. Yeah, true. Um, um, so, you know, she gets murked and <laughs> she gets murgled and Michael steals the car and he's off. Now, mind you, throughout this whole movie, we get no answers to anything. Um, and I love this movie. I think that this is probably one of the better sequels and I'm really... Um, like impressed that they actually pulled this one off but we get no answers to anything we get no answers as to how michael comes back after getting because this is supposed to be a direct continuation of two where we disregard four five and six and there's no answer as to how michael comes back from getting burned alive why he doesn't have any scars on his hands or his face he gets shot in both eyes in Halloween 2, yet we see his eyes very clearly in this movie, and there's, like, no damage at all. Forget uh, where, whatever you Where mean. he gets the new mask from, why, if it's the old mask, why is it not burnt up? Where, why is he fixated on mechanic suits? Because he's back to the mechanic suit as well. How he gets to Haddon, or Langdon, Illinois, and... What he's been doing for 20 years. Like, what's this guy been up to? Chilling. Just chilling? Just vibing? I'm vibing, sitting in his trailer down by the river. Down by the river? <laughs> um, so, there's no answers to anything. And the more I thought about it, the more it reminded me of that Rick and Morty episode I was telling you about yesterday with the cat, where the cat who's voiced by Matt, Matthew Broderick and he and Jerry go on an adventure and, J and Jerry keeps asking him like why why can you talk and the cat's like just don't question it just don't ask about it just have fun and at one point Rick is like so why can't you talk or why can you talk and the cat's like can't, why do you have to ask questions can't you just have fun and he's like why can't I ask questions and have fun? And I thought of that too. I'm like, so part of me is in this movie is just like, stop asking questions, just have fun. And I'm like, but why can't I ask questions and have fun? Well, don't we? I think we need to get some some closure on this, some explanation. 
because if we're disregarding four five and six then it's like we have to know what this guy's been up to you know well i guess you don't have to know any of the details but come on something's got to give true 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 so there's no answers to anything we get an opening credit scroll where it's focused in on like newspaper articles um i noticed in there that there are two different Haddonfield newspapers, small town, able to carry two distinct independent newspaper companies. One is called the Haddonfield News and the other is Haddonfield Times. One of them gets the date wrong. They say the Halloween massacre originally occurred in 1968. Uh, it is not 1968, it's 1960 or 1978. Um, but then they also mention that uh, Laurie Strode went into hiding or um, that she died in a car accident. Which is a similar explanation to what we get in Halloween 4, right? And there's a reason for it. Yeah. Just you wait. There's a reason for it. But, which, I looked at that and I was like, okay, well, then that means Jamie is, like, canon, right? But then they never mention Jamie again. We're supposed to be under the impression that Jamie doesn't exist. I know, universe. but I guess... Like, originally when it was wrote, the first iteration of the script by the Scream guy. By the Scream, Kevin Williamson wrote the story treatment, and he had... All uh, those movies in there. He had, yeah, it was, a, it was a continuation from Six, where later on when we see Lori, you know, she's teaching a class, an English class, and the kid's giving a, a book report on, like, the Haddonfield Massacres or something, and she... The kid talks about how Lori um, had a baby and abandoned her baby and how Jamie, just last Halloween, was found dead in a, in a barn. And wouldn't that explain what he's been doing for all those years? Assuming that um, Lori was dead and going after the daughter, mm -hmm. but then somehow finds out that Lori's not dead and now wants to go after her. That would make her. much more sense, Bree. I don't know why they didn't do it. It's, these are the simple things where you can explain without really explaining what was going on. They don't have, like, good mind. Right. Um, so they do this Lori nightmare scene. I thought the nightmare scene was really cool. Yeah, me um, too. She wakes up like in a sweat and i noticed they gave her a scar on her arm yeah where, i didn't notice that you where brought that up michael had gotten her in the the upper arm yeah they give her a noticeable scar there and i was like oh that's the attention to detail that just makes me Chef, chef's <laughs> i was like oh my goodness that's such a great detail um on that and um, it says, you know, it's California. California! And it's Halloween. Yeah, we have to know it's Halloween. Because, like, why else? Why else would be, um, be watching and this movie? you open up on this punk kid arguing with his lovely mother. Well, she wakes up from, like, a... A terror. A hysteric. And he's like, Mom, Mom, wake up, wake up! And he's shaking her. And he's like, do you want some medicine? She's like, yeah, I want medicine. And he goes in to the medicine cabinet, and he sees himself in the mirror, and he's like, I'm so goddamn tired of this bullshit. <laughs> and he gives his mom the medicine, and then, then we get to that kitchen scene. Oh, and oh my goodness. So he is having an argument with his mom because he wants to go on this you know, This 70s, is John. Yeah, this John. Is John Tate. John's 17 years old, turned, like, turned 17 a couple months ago. Dad just sent him a card. Because dad's, dad's a deadbeat. Does, is not dad's involved. a deadbeat, and John calls... You know, well, Lori has changed her name to Carrie Tate, and she's got a kid now. That's the kid. And 
John is like a jerk. Oh, I was like, this kid, you better tread light. Then my kid tread lightly with what you say. And Lori doesn't even bat an eye because he's he says some pretty insulting things where he's Lori's like, well, your dad's uh, uh, I wrote down the quote, a chain smoking methadone addict. And then John goes, yeah, and he left you. And I was like, shut up, John. I'm like, do you know how Who the hard- hell are you? It's like, do you know how hard it is to leave a partner when you're codependent? Because obviously that Lori has PTSD and she's treating it with alcohol and she married someone who also probably has issues and was treating it with meth. Yeah. And it's like, um, sometimes like it takes a lot of like work to leave it leave someone like that and she let i mean they had a kid together i mean sometimes that is enough to keep a parent in it until one of them but they, finally and, leaves and they established too that john's dad is still like kind of in communication with him like he sent him a birthday card but a couple months late. late it's like late though but, so dad is not completely out of the picture it's just like He's just not around. And he's like, Mom, I want to go to Yosemite. I want to go on this trip. And obviously, Lori doesn't want her son out of her sight. She's still... On this day, John, of all days. Why are you doing this on this day of all days? And he's like, I'm I'm wondering when you're going to see me as a 17-year-old and an adult. And I'm like, 17 is not an adult. In some countries. I'm like, well, not in America. (laughs) We're talking about America. And he still lives with his mom mom pays for his schooling mom pays for everything there there's a certain amount of respect you give your mother i'm not saying that what she's doing is right she obviously is not letting him go because of her own psychological trauma but john is like being mean about it like you can be upset you can say it's not fair you can present your side but mom still said no and she's not only your mother but she's the principal of the school and in charge of the trip yeah, double whammy, Double John. whammy. Um, then we dumb, cut dumb. to, like, John's. He's walking with his friends. I absolutely adore these uniforms. Oh, like the, 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 red. Red, the red coat and tie and, like, the plaid. Wouldn't they have plaid on? I, and there's, a like, a sweater version of the uniform that another person in the background wears. And I'm like, I love that even more. We have uniforms at the school that I work at, but they don't wear, like, um, sports coats, you know? I wish that would be kind of cool. I mean, the kids we, would complain to all hell about it, but... We have uniforms at the school I teach at, but it's just a white shirt and black or blue pants. Yeah, our boys have to wear a uh, shirt and tie and slacks and boat shoes, and the girls get a choice. They can wear a blouse and a skirt, or they can wear like a long sleeve button down and well they get lots they can wear a long white shirt or a short sleeve white shirt and the girls can of course wear skirts or some of them have like the little overall skirts or dresses with, like the jumpers yeah, the, yeah and it's all cute um uh but john is aware of the family history yeah he's aware that his uncle is out well they assume so at some, at some point Lori told john about everything that happened right and it's probably assumed that he knows that his mom probably is not telling the truth about who she is um but which is different um from the original script because a big part of it was that john was unaware of everything so that was a major change made 
between scripts. Interesting. Um, and I thought Lori did a, like a fantastic job of like, you know, getting out and John's like so mad because he's like, you know, like he's not, he's dead, mom, he's dead. And I, I said, I was like, it all worked out. But unfortunately, this guy is coming. <laughs> like unfortunately bad man coming i'm like unfortunately you're wrong sir he is not dead and he's coming there are so many coincidences in this movie where it's like they had to have known that this guy was coming this year of all years and this day of all days because like so i mean i guess it's assumed that she always has fear around Halloween. But it's like, this is the year she lets her guard down a little bit more. This is the year she opens up to her boyfriend. Which I think we'll it's also, into. it's been, what, 20 years? So 17 years with her son. Nothing's happened. And, and she's kind of like, you know, maybe I am taking this all out of proportion. Maybe I should listen to my boyfriend, my son, when they say to calm down, it's not going to happen. But she's right. She's no, and like, that's right. what confused me in the movie because I was like, so Lori's being crazy. She's being crazy. She's being crazy. But God damn it. She's right. And <laughs> she has like, a reason to be afraid. She's right. She ends up being right. John ends up being wrong. And it's like, I... I was like, so is she validated in everything? Or like, are what what kind of message are we trying to send? Are you supposed to be getting over your trauma? Or are you- Let your trauma consume your life because you are eventually going <laughs> eventually, to be right. Eventually it'll be right, yeah. yeah. But then uh, I think it cuts to like Michael- John's haircut is stupid, by oh, the way. I hate his hair. Stupid. I laughed stupid. at several portraits of him around <laughs> the school. You, you audibly laughed when they showed his portrait. Because he just looks dumb. <laughs> yeah. It said stupid hair. It's like an uneven haircut. It's like he did it. Yeah, like he looked it does. in the mirror. It looks like a boy went like this with his hair and then was like, <laughs> yeah. scissors. <laughs> it's like, I got scissors now. Look at that. Yeah. It's like when Anthony was little and he gave himself a haircut. Yeah, story time. <laughs> story time with Anthony. Um, when I was in kindergarten, I got, or first grade, I got dared to cut my hair. So I said, you know what? Screw you guys. And I took a lock <laughs> in my hair and I just went, chip. <laughs> And my teacher saw it and was like, oh, hell no. And I got in trouble. I'm that and teacher. she sent me home with a lock of hair in an envelope. And she's like, bring this, I did the same bring, thing. bring this home to your mom. And I said, okay. And then I was never going to do it. And uh, my mom, you know, made dinner that night. And then I was about to get off like scot-free on this case. And then the phone rang, the landline rang, and she answered it, and she goes, she looks at me, and she goes, oh, hello, Miss So-and-so, and my face drops. My heart drops into my belly. I knew exactly what she was calling about, and she's like, Anthony did what? <laughs> I hope she's the listening to moms this. Do. I hope she's listening to this right now, because... She can, I, I will have her on the pod at some point in the future, but, um, she, I got in so much trouble. Obviously. Yeah. I got sent to my room. Um, my, my parents used to be in, I don't know, this might not come off great, but you know, it's the, it's the nineties or the early two thousands, you know, it's still acceptable at that point, I guess. But my parents used to hit me with a paddle sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was never I, acceptable. When I was, well, we give them a pass because... Right. 
Um, it was like an uh, apple tree you hit the apples with the paddle, but they'd smack my ass with it. And uh, how was it like to be disciplined like that? Because I never got smacked at all ever. Yeah, my mom tried to paddle me, but it was like she couldn't do it hard because she didn't really want to do it. And so I was like, all right. Dad was like, get over here. My dad, <laughs> my dad used to whack, whack. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough for my... Oh, enough uh, about uh, child abuse. Let's move on. That. But um, <laughs> I turned out all right. Yeah. Look at me. I love the Halloween movie. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a normal man. Out, he turned out fine. He just has crippling anxiety and a lot of other things that are wrong. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we cut to little... um, <laughs> a, like a, a potty stop on the side of a highway. Yes. Um, I thought this was one of the cooler scenes in the movie. You did uh, not like this. The the tires are bald. Like it mm -hmm. looks like he just kept. He's been driving this car till it was. No I feel like this is the same go. car from the first movie, which leads me to believe like no, it's the car he stole. Is it the car he stole? Yeah. I. It's, it looks a lot like the car from the first movie. No, it's the car. Michael has to stop for gas. We talked about this in the first movie. Well, he obviously had to because he ran these tires down. Yeah. That he's had been driving. He had to have stopped for gas. Um, And so this, like, mom and daughter, like, pull up to the stop. Little girl has to pee. This I is a dirty, dirty rest stop. This is a grimy... It's not even a rest stop because, like, rest stops have, like, like a, a vending machine and, like, places for truckers to like pull over and like sleep this is just like a toilet on the side of the road but <laughs> <laughs> they go to use the ladies pisser and it's closed it's locked i'm yeah. like of course so they just have to use the boys like potty and it's like i'm like <laughs> i said potty in my nose but no big deal but i would have just pissed in the bush <laughs> yeah so they go I, in this grimy dirty bathroom tell you ain't my butt is not touching anything in a boy's that's what bathroom i thought i was like this because is nasty. i'll tell you what a boy's bathroom nastiest place i've ever been can attest and boy and boy i won't nasty. go in there i have little i i am a first grade teacher and i'll tell you i have to do bathroom checks before and after my students go to the bathroom just to make sure we didn't smear feces on the side of the wall um, has that happened yes before? yes <laughs> <laughs> that's why we now are told we have to check like that is an oddly specific thing to check for um i'm just glad i don't have to clean up the feces off the wall my my years of cleaning feces off walls are over as i'm no longer a custodian at a community center at a community center i've had to do that cleanup before um can attest to terrifying dis disgusting and why why and why just why why so they're in these the the girls in the bathroom and the mom goes to the next stall because she's got to use the bathroom and i noticed <laughs> i noticed i'm gonna get uh i'm gonna get like um flagged on youtube for this one <laughs> but uh on the bathroom door there's graffiti and i noticed what the graffiti said and i read it to brie and your reaction was nice um it says for whatever reason i don't know why it says this Mario and Luigi suck pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down, and pee pee is not spelled like P E E. It's like the letter P, the letter P. <laughs> I don't know why it that was that the production designer was like, we have to put this on the door. Like this is graffiti in 1998. 
I was just really glad that, like, again, Michael did not kill these two. Oh, that's such a cool visual, too, of, like, so the woman has her purse on the ground, and it's, like, a very quick, like, it gets snatched. Yeah, he just snatches it. It's a it. very quick snatch, and she, like, freaks out as one would do normally. Because then she goes to, like, look through the stall doors, because in America, I don't know why we leave gaps between things that other people can watch us take a shit. Yeah. Um, but she sees him the gap in the stall yeah and Terrifying. he's just like looking around that's the one shot in the movie that remains with the uh the white mask with the scrunched up nose that's the one shot uh jamie lee curtis actually vouched unsuccessfully to make that image the poster for the movie um it was, oh that would have been cool that would have been really cool um instead they went with something that looked like scream <laughs> and you can take a look at that poster on your own but um i thought that was a really cool scene it's very small it shows and we've got multiple scenes in this movie that shows michael doesn't kill everyone he has no need to kill the woman he's on, her kid. he just he's wants on the car a, he's on a mission i yeah. think and, and it's like one, michael's not going to kill anybody that doesn't get in his way and he just let those two be um which he took the keys left the rest of the contents of her purse i thought that was kind of considerate yeah. He dropped the purse. He just right. took the keys. Yeah, he dropped the purse. So, so Michael's she had little money considerate and stuff to get from, I mean, to get it's someone to much, pick her up. It's just much different than the Michael that we've been seeing in these recent movies where it's like slash, he kills slash, anything slash. that moves, right? Um, it's just a different, it's a different Michael Myers. And I don't know which one I like more. That Michael that is stealthy and doesn't kill everything that he sees in his path or the michael that's just like i'm gonna myrtle everything and i'm gonna have fun doing it because i like that and, the, and we'll get into the 2018 version but like i like that about the 2018 version that we get that one long shot scene of him just like going around the town i will talk about that later yeah. but um, um it's just a different michael just a different michael and then we get like a cut to like the guidance counselor and will brennan uh, and like he's dating Carrie Tate. Carrie Tate, AKA which is Lori. Lori. Yeah. Um. They're like. And then there's an old lady whose job I can't quite figure out. She's like her assistant. Like the assistant, and that is Janet Lee. That's Jamie Lee's mom. So it's nice. And that was Janet Lee's last theatrical performance. So it's nice that they got to share that together. It's really nice. Um. So they're they're making out and then they're like lunch one no, o'clock. No, not the old lady. Will. Oh, Will the and yes. yeah, that was to be assumed. Um, well, and then know. we cut to like this weird security guard played by LL Cool J, and he's hilarious. He wants to be Ronnie. a writer. Yeah, Ronnie wants to be an erotic novelist. And I, there's one. He's reading this to his wife. Can you quote it? And it's like her melon breasts oh i want to quote it and but i, I know said, if any of my students are listening to this they're gonna they're gonna capture that <laughs> audio so i don't want to do it like, her melon breasts and then the wife's like no you got to do it the way he does it big melons <laughs> breasts and the wife's like what kind of melons <laughs> she's like what are they watermelons are they cantaloupes? cantaloupes like what are they and he's like i don't know they're melons he says fuck me shit <laughs> <laughs> I saw you wrote that down on your, and you said LOL after that. Uh, I just thought it was funny. The erotic novelist I just added nothing to it the added story. Nothing. And it, I guess they just like needed something to give him a character, 
But it, like, added absolutely nothing. Because they give you this little insight into the security guard, and then you have Lori's son goes and is like, can you please let us out to go to pick up a gift? Like, Rodney, just be a bro. And it's like, and he's like, but dude, like, if I get, your mom's already said, like, if I let you out again, like, I'm done. Like, I get fired. And he's like, come on. And, like, this kid's too big because mommy is in town, too. Like yeah, mommy's on a date. Mommy's on a date, um, which I admire her to uh, the ninth degree. She's drink. She's casually drinking her <laughs> her white wine, Chardonnay, her Chardonnay, and then her little oh, boyfriend. I gotta, I gotta mention this too, not to cut you off, but oh, but I he think loves we're, we're moving it. a little quick here. That um, people keep running into Lori. Like and scaring her to death. These are the most worthless jump scares, because that's all this movie is: is people running into her, her like turning around and oh, you're right behind me. Oh, sorry, Miss Tate, I didn't mean to scare you. Oh, it's okay. That's like four different times that happens to Laurie in this movie, and it's like I would, I don't know if I could, if that's a, like a quality of life that I want to have, where I just keep running into people like that and just keep getting scared. Back to the Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, the lunch. Um, she's having lunch. Her boyfriend's like, I'm gonna go take a take a piss. And she's like, Okay. She goes to the waiter. Oh, I'm pee-pee. like, I'm gonna need another glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> and he's looking at her because like she has a full glass of Chardonnay and she chugs that. She chugs glass. it and goes, Today, please. <laughs> then he gives her another one and she chugs that one. Um and I'm like, Oh gosh. What an important food group Chardonnay is. Because um, she, like, keeps seeing hallucinations of Michael, too. And she's, I mean, obviously, she is dealing with severe, like, like psych- psychiatric, like, issues. Like, she keeps seeing him. She has to blink and, like, really, like, force him away. And we'll get into when it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um... But then it cuts to John and his friend. They're stealing from a they store. They shoplifted a bottle of wine. What wieners? Yeah. If you're going to shoplift something, why a bottle of wine? A bottle of wine's not going to get you drunk. That may be, I mean, a bottle of wine to myself, maybe. Why not shoplift? Shared amongst four people, which they're... Pl- so they're planning... John and his girlfriend and their two friends are planning on skipping Yosemite because John can't go. The girlfriend can't go because her financial aid fell through because dad hasn't paid it. Mm-hmm. The other two can go. They just choose not they to. They just don't want to because they, wanna they want to diddle. Yeah, they all want to like have this romantic evening in the cafeteria and diddle. Yeah, they want to diddle <laughs> each other. Ain't no diddling. And, yeah, ain't no diddling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta be careful with that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, John... Um, John runs into Mommy. his mom and she's like, What the fuck, John? She's like, she's really mad at him. She's like, You um like you are not supposed to be out, you're disobeying the rules of the school. We're just out for lunch. Well, nobody else gets to well, be out like, for lunch, he's John. Screaming at him yeah, at this point. and it's like and he's like, I'm tired of living my life because this guy, he's dead. And, and he I, says, I wrote the quote. He said, I'm not responsible for you. And you said you don't like John. I don't. But I admire this about John. I admire John for this because I think that this is a very mature thing to do for John to say, listen, 
you can't keep projecting this stuff on me. This is your trauma, not like don't give it to me. And I guess like I guess I could like him more if like she wasn't right. <laughs> if she didn't turn out to be yeah, right. Yeah, if she didn't turn out to be right. But it's like who, he, who was he, know? he isn't dead actually. Johnny being a little drama king. John's like, it's been 20 years. What is he waiting for? <laughs> little does he know. I said, and there he is, Mr. Michael Myers in a car watching like, them. Watching them, yeah. What a weirdo. Um, so John and Lori, they have this uh, you know, really intense back and forth. Um, I said, eventually Lori lets John go to Yosemite, but he's still a dickhead. Yeah, she lets him go because she realizes, you know, after that, I think it was a wake up call for her. Like, am I being too? Well, and she talks. She talks to the guidance counselor. She's like, I think I'm losing John. And John and the guidance counselor's like, maybe you just need to. You need to get him a little freedom, right? Give him uh, a little freedom. But like, so, mom lets him go, but he doesn't go anyway because he's a little douche. And he's like, no, he I'm going to act like I'm going to go. He made a big stink about go. wanting to go Yosemite, but now, like, mom's letting him go and he's not going to go? Yeah. Like, so he's lying to her. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, prior to this scene, we get Lori teaching a class on uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And Molly, John's girlfriend, zones out and looks out the window and sees Michael standing there. Now, this is a continuity error that I picked up on because he's in the school at this point when she sees him. He's past the gates. He's on campus. So one of the next scenes that we get is, and I might be fast forwarding a bit too much here, but for the sake of the continuity error, I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about it, is Ron, it's dead of night now. The buses leave and Ronnie is keeping guard of the school. Um, Ella Cool J's character keeping guard of the school and he notices a car out front and he goes to check it there's nothing in there Michael walks behind him Michael's like plotting to get into the gates so and we'll return back to the scene but I gotta say like so he so in this case Michael got into the school went out of the school to fuck with Ronnie and got back into the school I mean <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> after like she sees Molly saw saw Michael, um, they they have some foreshadowing using Frankenstein. Like eventually you have to face the after everybody was hurt, you, then Doctor Frankenstein had to confront his monster. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, foreshadow. Um, and then Mom pulls John aside, says, "Hey, you can go." to Yosemite he did not count on mom being cool all of a sudden and I said as a parent I'd be pissed if he didn't get on that bus and I would have made sure he was on that bus right like why didn't she see him off like I would have made sure that also you can't last minute go on a field trip like that you well, she's I'm, the headmistress. I know, but of, like you can't because the 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 lists of who's supposed to be on the bus is there. The chaperones need to know who's actually coming. They need to do like a double, triple check. Like you think his name would be on the 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 list, and that they would made have had to tell the headmistress, hey, like he's not on the bus. Mm -hmm. It's just that's not how a schools run, and maybe the people who wrote it 
Don't know how schools <laughs> run. Yeah. Um, because that would not happen because that's a lawsuit. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so we then go to the dorms where the guidance counselor, Mr. Brennan, who's also staying behind, he's checking on all of the people that aren't going to Yosemite, and he checks in on the girls' dorm. And I thought that was weird. To I have thought a that male, was weird too. Like a male teacher going and checking on the females' dorm. It's it's so weird. I we were just having this conversation the other day where it's like. As a male teacher, like I kind of know my boundaries in a sense, where it's like walking into two women's I would place not where walk they sleep, into, right, not appropriate. Uh, oh, the girls' dor dormitory. As a male teacher, I probably I'm, wouldn't do that. It's not even the dormitory. He goes into their room in yeah. the door. Like that's inappropriate. Like if you knock on the door, you get girls safe. You got everything you need. But he knocks and then he opens. And he doesn't he, even wait for them to say come in. And we, like they might be changing. Like, yeah, you don't know that. You don't know what's going on in there. And I just think it was inappropriate. A female teacher should have checked on the Right. Girls. I agree with that. As a as a male teacher, I agree with that. We were having the conversation the other day of like, as a male teacher with our dress code the way it is, it's like, I could tell the girls who wear their skirts too short, you got to make sure that skirt's not short. As a male teacher, though, I know my boundaries. I probably won't say anything, but I'm going to go get a female teacher that might. And I think that's the more appropriate action to take there, right? I mean, I teach first graders, so like there is no boundaries. I'm like, hey, hey buddy, I see your underwear. Pull up your pants. <laughs> well, yeah, different different story for you, but um because they're babies. Um not babies, as, but they're as babies. As I've said before, it's like I gotta I gotta be careful because like sometimes, you know, this is not a this is not a battle that I wanna fight. I mean, yeah. Uh then she says, well, oh, the girl oh, says the, something wildly inappropriate. She's Yeah, she says something about date rape drugs like to the guidance, saying, and the guidance counselor's like, hmm, ha, ha, he, you're ha, being he. funny. And I was like, no, a girl mm -hmm. says that to me. I'm like, why are you telling me this? Why are you like, I don't want to hear anything this. about this. Well, how inappropriate. Um, and, and then we, we cut to uh, Lori. Oh, can I mention something real quick? Sure. Um, in the girls' dorm, they're watching Scream 2. And also written by Kevin Williamson, Scream guy. He's the Scream, um, which I have. To, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind because I thought about this when I saw the movie and I was like, OK, so they're watching Scream 2. So Scream 2 implies that there is a Scream 1. Mm -hmm. Scream 1 shows the original Halloween like on there. They're watching it on TV. But we're in Halloween H2O watching Scream in a universe where Halloween is a movie there. So what are we to assume? That in the Scream universe, Halloween is just a movie there. So they made a movie about... No, I'm saying that these two exist in opposite universes. No. That, but it, that's confusing. Think because... about it. Think about it. In one universe, it's a movie. In the other universe, it's a movie. It's not real in either universe. But if they're watching a movie where the thing that happened in real life is a movie, are we to assume that they made a movie off of could, Laurie they, Strode's story? They could, they could have. Very well could have. Maybe, maybe. Um, we get, though, um, Laurie is hanging out in her house, um, and she takes a 
bottle of vodka out the freezer. And I said, vodka's an important food group, just like that. Just like her, her wine at the restaurant. She's a functioning alcoholic. She's she's getting. Her she knows fix. how to put it in the freeze. Like the, to put it in the freezer makes it the coldest, and out, liquor doesn't freeze. And then, like, I'm just I'm thinking she takes a big gulp. It's college move. That's take, a college takes move. Takes a Lori. big gulp, and I'm like, you know what? You deserve it. This is like the most stressful day <laughs> of your of your year. Just get some vodka. If if that's how you get through the day, get through it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. All the kids, John, the girlfriend, and the two friends, are in like the school cafeteria. It's and, like the basement. Of and the it's like the cafeteria. basement um, area in, in the school cafeteria, and they're making all of this food. Which well, you had first, before her. even that, they have every candle on campus. Oh my god! Down there are there. so many freaking candles. They are candles. going to light this school on fire. When did they plan all this? I don't know. Like, when did they get all of those candles in one place? When did they light all of this stuff? When did they make all of this food? They had to have eaten the entire. I don't know about eaten, but made. The entire week's worth of like cafeteria Which food. Which is so like rude because you. you they gonna, had so much. I'm going to give food. you a little insight into how schools work. Um, they buy all their food for the week, get it delivered, and put it in freezers, and they make it as the week goes on, and then they rely on another shipment in a week from that day to get another week's worth of food. So eating a whole week's worth of food. That means there's a whole week where nobody has food. Ridiculous. We're so they selfish. They so much food. So selfish. So selfish. And they made corn on the cob. They made like tater tots. There's like pizza in there. There's like a ton of stuff. And there's four of them. Yeah. Like no one's going to eat all that food. But they're in this like little basement area. And I, I wrote that they're listening to Bush, which is like the most 1990s thing ever they're listening to like glycerine um and we get like jamie and the guidance counselor jamie lee curtis um Lori and the guidance counselor are getting like getting a little saucy um and she starts like telling him like the straight like yeah her she, like actual, her actual like, story like i'm not who i say i am and he's like getting into it's it like, oh, yeah? he's like sexy you? talking with her and i'm like this man is turned on by and she's trauma? like she's like all my friends died and he goes that sucks <laughs> i i just i'm like oh my goodness and she gets like oh i need to call john she gets like this real big need to call john she goes to call him and the phone lines are cut the, all the phone lines are cut she's getting nervous she checks john's room she's like she notices his bag's not packed she's like someone didn't go to yosemite so where is this guy right now um and i think she knew the phone is dead he's here she mm. knew exactly that's like his mo honestly yeah. like once he cuts um, the phone lines like no like no calm it's not it's not calm time like mm -hmm. like we need there's a murder on the oh, loose prior to this i need to mention this too prior to this before the buses leave like laurie's kind of seeing the buses go and janet lee's character is like leaving the campus for the night she's saying goodbye to laurie and she's like oh this i have a little maternal instinct or whatever and it's a nice little moment between jamie lee curtis and janet lee and they play the psycho music and the, she's in the psycho car but before that 
again, Lori turns around and she scares is, the is, scared, her. is scared by this old woman. And then she sa- the woman says, oh, well, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Which is a callback to the first movie. A callback to the first movie. But if I was Lori, I would be like, okay, Michael's got to be here because for me to have heard that exact phrase twice in my life is like impossible nearly impossible the exact phrase and she knows there's a murder on the loose yeah um and then we get okay the the charlie he's been he's like i'm gonna go grab some grab a wine opener he's like "I'll, i'll be back soon he goes he drops it down the garbage disposal in the sink <laughs> sure, whatever that was. Oh, have you ever, let's do the fork in the garbage disposal. Ding, 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 ding. No, you've never. Okay. No. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so he puts his hand down the garbage disposal, and they faking you out. It's, like, it's, it's this like tense moment. Is like, is the garbage disposal going to turn on? And they Chekhov's gun, the garbage disposal. And then they never capitalize on it. No, they there never is eat. no garbage disposal kill. Which I'm kill. thankful for because I would probably puke. There is no garbage disposal kill. He runs into Michael, and by God, Bree, when he runs into Michael and he looks at Michael, it's the goddamn CGI mask. Oh, so and I wrote it's down the fourth mask that's used. I said this is the worst mask of it's them the all. It's the CGI mask. It's the one scene that they couldn't reshoot. And they had to use a CGI mask, and it looks atrociously bad. It's, it's, it's laughable. It's, it's laughably because, bad. Because, okay, so I told Anthony, it looks like someone drew a picture of the mask in, like, MS Paint, and then, like, <laughs> like superimposed like, it. And superimposed it on top. Yeah. And Michael, and like, like, Michael, like, curves enough. his head, and it reminded me of that meme of that dude that's like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> So, it's, it's just terrible. The it's CGI bad. mask. Never do it again. Please don't ever do the CGI mask again. But then he gets murgled. Um, um, true. Um, and uh, he's dead. Um, and his girlfriend is 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 next. But also they use the the little like um. So when the girlfriend goes to find Charlie, you know he's dead, and she, oh my god, he's dead. She sees Michael. Michael chases after her, and she goes up the like the little the little, little doodad the little doodad that we would that chefs used to send food up to wherever they need to send food up to and she so she gets away by pulling her like doing her getting herself up there but she's like trying to get out but she's stuck underneath her boyfriends because mike michael stabbed her so she's 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 dealing with the stab wound but she's also trying to get out and she's trapped underneath her boyfriend's leg and michael is sawing at the rope and so the the thing goes to fall it hits down on her leg it breaks her leg it is so freaking nasty i wrote down i wrote down oh no her leg how fucking nasty as fuck (laughs) mangled i was like this looks so gross and it's like um michael hears where she is her biggest mistake was making any noise yeah what does he just like stab the crap out of her yeah um the and i said the mask is too thin i hate it he stabs the crap out of her they had an opportunity and this is where i'm going to be a little critical i've been being critical this entire time i love this movie this is a good movie it is but um they had a good opportunity for a a creative kill with the little thing doodad to go up and down for the food and they didn't use it 
they used it on the leg, but that was like it. Yeah, could have like done like a head. Yeah, right. Like I don't know. Got to be creative, um, right? But then, like John's, like oh, you know, they've been gone for like quite a bit of time. Like maybe we should go see what they're doing. Um, and he goes, and I said, John, 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 John. Yeah. I said, John, you should have listened to your mom, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and he, they get like scared of michael oh no yeah so they see michael well also michael sets up that right girl's away. that girl's body he sets up that girl's body to like terrifying super in like i reminds me of the grudge yeah it was like super intricately set up and he didn't have a lot of time to do that because they hear basically this girl dying and they walk up the stairs to the kitchen to see what's up and it's maybe about three minutes three minutes michael sets up this very intricate body in three minutes uh it, 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 a little unrealistic but sure um so he sees I, michael again, don't question it just have fun he sees michael he immediately knows what's going he's on like, oh no he's That's like michael myers. i would think hey yeah john you you done fucked up because mom was right i'm michael myers um he gets stabbed in the leg and yeah, Michael, well, Michael doesn't, like, accidentally stab him in the leg or miss. Like, it seemed targeted. Like, Michael looks at him and then stabs him in the leg. He could have stabbed him anywhere else. I know. He stabs, so he stabs him in the leg. And Michael they, straight up tackles and him, And so too. she helps him, like, get out. They're, like, they're trying to get away from there. And I said, I'd be screaming, murderer, I have been stabbed. I don't understand why they're quietly walking out. <laughs> they, Michael's behind. Like, Michael's coming anyway. Like, why not just be loud? I, murderer! Murderer! There's a murderer I, there's here! There's a murderer here! <laughs> you stabbed me in the leg! I have a murderer following me! I'm uh, stupid! <laughs> so they make it to, like, this fence, this, like, gate. Uh -huh. And John's girlfriend is gonna lock the gate, but she drops the keys. So... Michael walks up to the gate and like starts slashing through the gate like a maniac with his knife. Um, which you said, why not throw the knife? <laughs> and I was like, well, then he doesn't have a knife. But I'm like, if you really wanted to kill, ding, knife throw. But then he doesn't have a knife. Uh, I guess. But then Michael like is about to get the keys and they're like, oh crap, he's they're, gonna kill they're us. They're obviously yelling, screaming. Um, and then Lori opens the door. And lets them in. Yeah, and she goes eye to eye with her brother, face to face with Michael, which is a really cool. I would say that's a that's a pretty iconic shot. Um, even though, like, H two O is like not a super memorable movie, but that shot, I think a lot of people know that shot of them looking face to face through the window. And like, they're like, "What do we do?" And Lori says, "Try to survive. Try to live." Yeah. <laughs> well, because she gives. Uh, will her boyfriend the gun and he's like who is that and she's like my brother and what do we do uh, uh, we try to live try to live and so they tell john and molly to hide hide which they do and they think they see michael coming up from the stairwell and it's like so obviously like as will seeing hallucinations of michael too because it was so obviously michael's shadow but then he starts shooting at him like a maniac and it and ends up being the security I, yeah, guard so see, i Ronnie. was like i was like did they just kill this security guy um well I'm, then they see him laying in a pool of his own blood and they're like oh no ronnie sorry and then, guy 
uh, there he is. Michael is there. So they probably did see Michael's shadow. Yeah. Michael comes behind Will and stabs him in the back so And does hard, that thing where he lifts, he lifts him, him up. up from the back without bending his butcher knife, mm -hmm. which is an incredible feat of strength. Um, also, probably impossible, but without bending the butcher knife? Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, you would and, bend that crap. Like, and, it's just like... That was like, and then Will starts like seizuring, and she's getting. And I'm like, and Lori's character is getting like full of like blood and stuff. And I said, so Lori, like, she's running away. She's getting blood everywhere. She gets blood on this door, to, and all over the ha the handle of the door. And this is so obviously a trap. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, either Michael is so dumb. But he's not dumb. But he falls for, like, the obvious trap. Which is the bloody, like, the, door. The handle. obvious door where there's blood on the handle and blood on the door and he frame. he's breaking down the door and there's and nothing there's in there. There's nothing in there. Yeah. And she comes up behind him and... Whacks him a few times? Yeah, whacks him with the fire extinguisher. Right. And then, so she gets out. Lori leaves, takes the kids. They get to a car. They do that very cliche, like, car won't start, we're trying to run the engine, and Michael's walking up slowly to the car. They get away, though. They did. They get away, and they make it to the gate, and Lori opens the gate, and she's about to get in the car to drive off, and then, which changes the, like, the trajectory of the climax of the movie, because you think, like, the smart thing to do would be just, just to leave. leave. But, again, just like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein had to confront his monster... Lori feels the need to confront her monster. So she tells them to leave. And she's and like, Molly drives off and she destroys the panel to open up the gate. So she locks herself in with Michael Myers. And it's this really cool moment of like, yeah, we're going to get this like this moment between the two of them, this like face off that people have been waiting for for 20 years because we were supposed to get that in Halloween too, but then she's in the freaking hospital the entire time. <laughs> so Lori makes it back to, uh, I don't know where they were, some kind of like common area, like a cafeteria type place. And he comes down. Oh yeah, he does that thing, right? And I, he, I swear, he does it in the Rob Zombie movies. I would, we well, we're gonna rewatch. I know. So. I swear, he does that in another movie. He does that. He, he does do that in another a movie. One I don't know which arm one. release from the ceiling. Well, okay, so that takes Michael's a tall dude, so it's like he needed. He needed to be scrunched up, like one arm holding himself up, like in a cradled position, so that Laurie wouldn't see him. And do you know how much strength it takes to, to just lower yourself, to lower down yourself slowly. slowly with one arm? He has to be able to lift like twice his body weight. Mm -hmm. I can't even do a pull up. Oh, dude, with both yeah, arms, a crazy, crazy. I have it's to. Do imp a... It's impossible to do what Michael had done in that scene. Well, it's got to be impossible. No, unless you're I'm, like a contortionist or I'm you're very sure, flexible. Like, uh, Olympic gymnast like a parkour could do it. guy could probably do it. Olympic gymnast, because they do like the... Well, I'm not saying just lift yourself down. I'm saying like he was unseen and the ceiling wasn't that high off the ground from Laurie. So he had to have been like monkey flipped, like in a, like a cradled position 
holding on to the rafters so that uh, to be a fly on the wall at that moment yeah um it's got to be impossible is and they she runs to like where there's like a bunch of tables and chairs tables tables my tables what's her job what's her job tables tables um (laughs) she's making a ton of noise and there aren't any good places to hide. Oh, Michael is like super nimble in this movie and like doesn't make a sound anytime he walks and somehow gets on top of a table without making any noise. And she's like so loud. So loud. Oh yeah. And th- under a table like you it's not a good hiding place. So they they play so like th- This was a scene as well that was written for Halloween 5. So we'll notice, like, as we progress throughout these movies that they have, like, all of these different scripts for all of these different Halloween movies, and they kind of pick and choose what to take and apply to future movies. So the table scene was something that was written for Halloween 5 initially that they scrapped, and it was supposed to be Jamie doing the table thing. Which would have made more sense because she's a child. Right. Exactly. It would have made more sense. I liked it still. Jamie Lee Curtis is an adult woman trying to disappear underneath tables. I still liked it. I mean, it I was liked good. that scene. Um, like, she gets like. I just don't believe that Michael couldn't have just killed her right away as she's like slowly moving through yeah, under the table. I guess that's the unbelievable part. She gets to like a flagpole and it snaps in half. And she, instead of stabbing. Well, she did stab him. She did stab him, but instead of stabbing him again... She throws it at him. She throws it at him. I said, missed opportunity to stab him. Oh, yeah. I said, stab 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 fast. Stab fast. Run away. Stab hard. And then she makes her way to the kitchen, and she starts throwing butcher knives at Michael. I'm missing. And it's such a cool scene, but Michael is just like... And like moving his head really quickly to sides, like uh, Ultra Instinct, Michael Myers, uh, con- or what is it? Observation Hockey, if you're a One Piece fan. But he's she- like moving his head, and I, I'm moving my head so I don't get hit with the knives. But okay, so this is the scene where she she stabs Michael. Yes, eventually she he misses her like so much. And she just keeps nailing him, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, Michael chin, chin, Michael would have gotten her at least once. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But she got him, like, a bunch of times, and LL Cool J comes out of nowhere. He's like, he, he dead. No, no, no. <laughs> so she stabs him, like, a crap ton, and then he falls off the balcony onto a table. But we know, based on pro wrestling rules, the table always cushions the fall. And so he, she goes down. Yeah, I, I jumped the gun there. She goes down, and she's just, like, checking to make sure. He's dead. He's dead. And then L.O.P.J. comes back. But I don't know, back. because it's like, why would you believe that he's dead? Like, this is a guy who allegedly burned alive. and I, like, I mean, we can just hope. But L- we get a kind of, like, a jump scare with LL Cool J coming back. Who were like, how did you not uh, die? He's like, the bullet just grazed my head. It gra- grazed my head. And he, so he's like, yeah, you were laying in a pool of blood and it grazed uh, your um, head. I'm going to be honest, though, that could, po- the, the head, it bleeds the most. Oh, yeah? Um, Yeah, I got hit in the head with a baseball bat when I was in um eighth grade. I, ble- I bled so much, like a puddle. And oh. it was not a deep wound at all. I wrote this down. I'm so glad I read my notes right here okay. because we missed a very important thing that we're talking about. So when 
Michael and Laurie are fighting, and before she stabs him, he she kicks him in the nuts. Oh yeah, and we were like, "How dare he thou just kick takes me it, in dude. nuts?" He just takes it. No, like, does Michael have? Maybe he cut uh, off genitals? his own. Maybe he cut off his own nuts, saying, "I'm not going to be <laughs> weakened by my genitalia. I'm just going <laughs> to cut off the nut." So I don't have to deal with that. Uh, we have to. I don't know because he wants Mike, to make himself Michael the strongest possible. Michael didn't have any reaction to getting hit by the nuts, other than like slight annoyance. Oh yeah, he was pissed. He was like, yeah. "How dare thou hit me in the nuts?" Um. So the final little, um, the final little moments of the movie, the ambulance arrives and everyone's being tended to and taken care of. The coroner zips up michael in the body bag and puts him into the ambulance and Lori says no 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 not today junior and she she kidnaps michael she steals the gun from the officer's holster and sticks them up and says don't move she takes the axe and she steals the ambulance and they're like mom what are you doing mm -hmm. she's like shut up and <laughs> she steals the ambulance and just starts speeding away off campus Meanwhile, the body bag starts moving, rustling, rustle, rustle, rustling rustle. around, and it opens up, and Michael is alive, and he gets out of the body bag, and he kind of goes towards uh, Lori, and then the car crashes, and it starts tumbling down a hill, and Lori survives. Crazy. Survives. But he's impaled. Michael is impaled against a branch of a tree, like waist impaled between the car and the tree and Lori takes the axe and she looks at him and he like really weirdly like reaches for his mask and is like kind of confused and then looks at Lori and extends his hand uh like oh my my sister and he Lori looks at him and extends her hand and looks like she's gonna have like a very uh like emotional moment with her brother and then we get and she chops his freaking head off. And everything was right with the world. And again. that was like the ending that everybody wanted. Nobody wanted that BS ending of like Lori just like survives and that's it. No, and you Michael want maybe Lori is alive. To get her revenge. Yes. So this is a good segue because the original title of the movie was Halloween, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. And for whatever reason, they changed it to H2O, which everybody thought the movie was going to take place underwater, which would have been cool. You know, that would have made sense. Why is it H2O? Uh, Halloween 20, 20 years, H20. Um, so... Remind me of the mermaid show, H2O, Just Add Water. Yeah. So let me tell you about some stuff that was changed in the climax of the original mm -hmm. script from uh, I, I've closed Kevin, my notes Kevin because Williams I'm done and, with my notes um pretty much just one thing was super super noti notably different and that was um so the school in this current version of the movie is empty everyone goes to Yosemite school's virtually a ghost town right and it's a good way I thought for them to get everybody out of there and just have it very tight and focused on our main cast. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to just get all of the noise out and get all of these background characters out of there. Um, the 
original version, the Kevin Williamson version of the movie, was going to be, instead of them going to Yosemite, it was going to be a big dance at the school. And no kills were going to happen at the dance, but once they figured out Michael was on campus, they were going to evacuate the school via helicopter. And once Michael gets to the helicopter, he kills the pilot, and the guidance counselor, Will Brennan, take like out of desperation tries to pilot the helicopter with all the kids on it and he crashes it and all of them die how terrible that was in the original version of the movie so he had a larger body count than michael myers <laughs> Jeez. yeah jesus right. you're trying um, just to help and you end up killing everybody so the production history of this movie is probably the m- most smooth since the first one of like they really learned their lesson after six about like, if the script is there, you don't mess with it any further because they didn't really uh, change a lot about the final shooting script. And it kind of just was paper to, to screen. It was very smooth and there was, there was not a lot of production, you know, hiccups along the way. Um, they added that scene when they were shooting with the gate because the director or the writer, one of the two said that that was an actual situation that they went through. They got mugged and um, they closed the gate and they dropped the keys outside of the gate and they were just like really worried that the attacker was going to get the keys and open the gate and get them. So he translated that to- um, Terrifying. Yeah, translated that to a very scary scene in a movie. Uh, But other than that, very, very smooth uh, sailing on the movie. The only hiccup in the movie was a very tense or what has been described as a very tense confrontation between Jamie Lee Curtis and the producer Mustafa Cod because Jamie Lee said I'm only coming back if I get to kill Michael Myers. Mustafa Cod said there's no way in hell we kill Michael Myers. He is our cash cow. There's no way in hell he stays dead. And Jamie Lee's like, "Well, why am I even coming back then?" If we can't kill Michael, like, why am I here? So they struck a deal to say, you get your kill in H2O, but you have to set it up in a way where it's possible for Michael to come back in the next movie. And Jamie Lee said, okay. So what they ended up with, and if we want to, do we want to spoil it or save it for the next save movie? Save it for the next one. Save it for the next movie. We can do that um, um, as well, because there is a resolution that comes in H in uh, Resurrection. In and I, I honestly, with this movie, um, it's not bad. I no, w- no. So we get... I mean, we're critical, but we're critical, critical out of love because I this is actually like not half bad. It's the same reason why, like, as we go in with the Jurassic Park franchise, I will get more critical. Not because I don't love it. Like, I love I love it all. I love it all. But we're critical because we love but, it. But when you love something, especially uh, I really I reread the Jurassic Park books um, since like. Because when I first, I was just like reviewing um, the book when I, when we were going over the first and second, but like before the th- we did the third, we do the third um, video, I wanted to make sure like, oh, I really reread the book. And that was a perfect way to start 2022 because um, my goal this year is thir- to read 30 books. So it was a good way to start um, my 30 book journey is reviewing a book. Sure. Yeah. Um. So... 
we, when you love something, you're really going to be critical of what you love. Mm-hmm. By God, do I love the Halloween franchise. And By God. Some of it's not great, but I'll eat this stuff up, man. Mm-hmm. I'll eat it up. Uh, so, Brie, question for you before we get out of here what for is the your evening. Question? Um, my question, does this movie make it on your list of the top 100 movies? It doesn't. Unfortunately, it's good. It's good. But you have to, you have to be really really good to make it on you that gotta list. gotta be in the echelon, right? The top echelon. Like, do, does it get an honorable mention? Sure. You should go, you should watch this movie. It's, pre, it's pretty good. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. Um, this movie does not make it on my list. I'm saving a future Halloween movie for the list. Um, because I think, you know, as we get into the next couple, I'm gonna go out on a limb, Brie, and I'm gonna say those movies ain't gonna make it on this list. However, we'll save that judgment for the review. Um, but no, I don't think that this movie makes it on the list, and not not for a good showing, right? Like it, it tried its it, it try, hardest. It tried its darndest, but there are like I don't I, I, I don't know, know how what... to describe it because it's like I do like this movie and it's a fun movie, but there are some things where I'm like. I don't want to use the word unforgivable because <laughs> that, that's a little too harsh. But there's some things that I can't look past. I can't look past continuity errors. I can't look past continuity errors and I can't look past the freaking mask. Oh, no. All four versions of that mask. I can't get over, I guess, the MS Paint version of the mask. Yeah. There's, I, some, there's some things where it's like, I, this movie is great and, and, you know, the writers did a good job. I'm glad they brought in Kevin Williamson, even though this movie isn't like... Uh, very watered down scream to an extent it's, it tries very hard to be scream but and i i love it i love it i love it i love it's it good. it's good honorable mention for sure does not make it on the list of the top 100 unfortunately unfortunately it does not so with that being said brie we will be back on the next episode for halloween resurrection the last of the dimension films before we get into our remakes reboots and requels um yay for us yay for us we will be breaking it up of course like we always do so we'll do resurrection and then we'll hit them with I was looking at you for this one. Oh, Jurassic Park yeah. 3. Jurassic Park 3. We'll get them with Jurassic Park 3. And you're going to love it because, you know, I really, uh, when, when I reread Jurassic Park book, I was like, wow, they took like a ton of stuff from the book and put it into three. So you're in for a treat. Yes. Um, as always, you can follow us on all of our social media accounts. You can follow myself at gldtv1 on twitter you can follow us at review underscore pod on instagram, instagram and you can email us uh email us at whatever email is on uh the show notes in the description uh you can also uh shoot what was our other one YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, if you're not yes. watching on our video modem. Um, not that you want to see. I just came from the gym, so I look sweaty and gross. But yeah. if you want to see um, Anthony's beautiful face, you can come on over to YouTube. Yes, our video modem is good, too. Um, review podcast on YouTube. You can follow us there. Um, thank you for joining. And um, always, always, always come back. Write us in an email if you want us to review anything or if you want to just shoot us some questions that we can address on uh, the pod. And if you um, 
want and I don't know want us to do anything in particular. Um, I've been toying around with you know we both like wrestling. We could review like a pay per view or something later on. Um, review is open to anything to review. We are really gonna focus on you know special episodes of review. Yes, we will have. Um, never Probably. mind. I'm thinking. I'm thinking because this is a. This the, is a delayed yeah. release. I'm, I'm thinking like we'll probably have a review of like a like a kind of like a a, a St. Patrick's Day ish movie coming. Oh, out. I know the perfect one. Um, then of course I'm I'm like let's get a St. Patrick's Day, let's get an Easter, let's yeah, get do all the holidays, let's get a Fourth of July, and do special releases on those days. So you catch holiday releases, and some of them might be scary. Because I have I have a perfect idea for you, and I'm gonna run it by you right here, right now, live on the podcast. Okay, live on the pod. Disney's The Luck of the Irish. I love that movie. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Review Luck of the Irish. All right, cool. And we do have Disney Plus, so we will have yes, that movie. Luck of the Irish. Okay. Um, great. Uh, thank you for joining us on we the review podcast. We always love having you. Uh, Bree signing off. That is Bree signing off me. This is Anthony. Um, Adios, thank you. Amigos. And we'll be back next week. Review closing review, song. Review, 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 review